you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com slash events. Ooh, can you, you hear me? You sound right. great. I you, remember these. Yeah, because <laughs> today actually is a very big day for you. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it was a big day. (laughs) I'm sitting across from producer Marina Pena before she does something she's never done before. Go ahead and pick a card. All right. What we got, what we got. It says patience. Congratulations. You've been granted more patience. You may start using it right away. (laughs) Or much, much later. Waiting a long time is a sort of option now afforded to you by greater patience. Patience. Having faith that things will come. A card that can apply to anyone. A father, a scientist, a comedian. On this episode of Snooze, I sit down with stand-up comedian Atsuko Okatsuka. She tells me what she tells herself before she performs in front of millions of people. And she gives me some advice, a phrase that her grandmother gave to her. You're listening to Snooze, a show about things people put off, how they conquer them, but most importantly, how they conquer themselves. And I'm Megan Tan. If you were at a party, mm-hmm. how would you introduce yourself to people? I just say, hi, I'm Otsuko. And then, I'm not going to lie, I do wait to see if they already know who I am. <laughs> Please give her a warm welcome, the incredibly talented Otsuko Okatsuka, everybody! Please welcome Otsuko Okatsuka. Hey, it's so great to be Okatsuka. And at this party... You're waiting to see if someone knows you. What does your face look like? What are you doing? Kind of like a deep stare. Like I open, I kind of widen my eyes a little bit. (laughs) Otsuko Okatsuka is a comedian and can still be funny while an earthquake is happening. Can't she dance? Okay, all right. What's happening? Oh shit. I thought I was making that happen. You know what it feels like to come up dancing and then everyone's like, stop it, you're shaking the earth. Calm it down. Woo! I really thought, no joke, no joke. Yesterday, there was an earthquake yesterday, right? It was the morning. We were, me and my husband were in bed. My husband, no joke, rolled over and he said, are you masturbating? <laughs> I was like... Atsuko's also known for her dance moves. In L.A., if you go to a specific grocery store, you may catch her twerking in the noodle aisle or in this clip, the produce section. She really likes those veggies. 
Over the past 12 years, Atsuko's lightness of life has accompanied her into the writer's room of The Eric Andre Show. She's voiced characters for Stephen Colbert's animated series Fairview. And most recently, she performed live on The Late Late Show with James Corden. Please give her a warm welcome, the incredibly talented Artsko Okatska, everybody! So I want to know, before Artsko gets on stage in front of millions, what does she tell herself? What does she do? Sometimes you have a big thing that might happen in a day. Whether it's, I don't know, even a party. And maybe you're like socially anxious to see a bunch of people or something. So, so you, you go, I, I've cleared out the day. I used to, before like big performances, go, my whole day is clear. I'm not doing anything but that performance. But then that performance feels a little robotic because that's all you've been thinking about. Or maybe you're, you finally go to that party and you're so stiff because that's all you've been thinking about. But if you challenged yourself to, I don't know, uh, go and pet dogs at the dog pound or something, something wild and weird, right? Literally, you go, oh, the world is so much bigger than this party or the world is so much bigger than this performance I was supposed to do. Here's some puppies that need a home and now I'm getting to pet them. You know what I mean? Like it truly, it's, it, it, it'll make the experience better for you. News will be back after this break. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at Elias.com slash sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at LAS.com slash events. See you there. Now back to the show. So before Atsuko walks on to James Corden's show, she's in the green room and she pulls out a phrase that she's kept in her pocket for years, for moments like these. I just look in the mirror and go, you are so hot and you're so freaking funny. Like, you're so funny. Okay, let's do it. Woo. And I high five myself and I go on to stage. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, people think I'm mature. They do. People think I'm mature because I'm married. Yeah. But uh, I would argue that getting married is the childlike thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because married people, what do they say? They say things like, I found my best friend. You know? That's, 
very childlike. Yeah. You're so hot. You're so freaking funny. When did you first start doing that? Telling yourself how hot and funny you are before a show? Maybe it was like after I broke up with my ex. Because my ex was very like negative and toxic. And that was just his MO or something. Yep. Definitely have had that type of ex before. If you break down someone's self-esteem, they'll rely on you for everything. And so I think I had to, after the breakup, I had to learn to build up my self-esteem again. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. You know, to be good at the craft, you have to believe in yourself. So I think I started doing more of that around that time. Mm. Did you feel like a switch? It's gradual because sometimes you do go, oh, those are just words, you know, and you have to like somatically, physically believe it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I work on that too. Every morning, no matter where I am, I look in the mirror and I also say something like, good morning, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us do that. We need to do that. Don't we do that? Don't we try to do that? I hope parents and teachers teach that. You should, because it's the easiest thing you can do. It really is. It's not even like a wild sentence with hard words. It's really easy. Just like, God, look at that face. You're so, so pretty. Every little part of your face, like stuff like that. I'm very childlike, so um, the ways that I, you know, (laughs) my process is usually very childlike, too. When I asked Atsuko if she has any other mantras she uses when she's facing a challenge, she says she doesn't. That's like some meditation stuff. I don't meditate and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, like like something you repeat in your head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like pretty easy for you to repeat, right? I guess mantra may not be the best word. It's more like, like for instance, yeah, um, I have this phrase, which is, You don't know what the future is, but your present is a reflection of your past actions. Therefore, your future is going to be a reflection of your present actions. I like that one. Thanks, girl. So the mantra or the lesson, I guess, came from my grandma. Atsuko's grandma, the woman who immigrated to the United States from Japan on her own, who raised her three children on her own, who raised Atsuko on her own. And also proud of you. And I love all of you so much. And who also guest stars on Atsuko's comedy tours and makes the audience cry when she tells them she loves them. This is a lesson from that grandma. So in the fifth grade, our class was going to do a play. And I think the teacher wrote it or something like that. I'd never heard of the story. I was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll do Snow White or Princess and the Pea or something like that. And uh, she was like, this is a different one. (laughs) Anyway, so there was a princess in it. Every girl wanted to be the princess. I wanted to be the princess. We had to audition for the parts. Do you remember what you had to say or do? Here's the thing. The princess has no lines. Of course, everyone wants to be the hot, pretty princess, though. What the girls really didn't want, including me, was to play the old woman. 
we kind of all had to audition for both parts. And I got the part of the old woman. Like, oh, no, you're a senior citizen. Oh, no, wrinkly old person. And I remember the girl who got the princess part just being really, like, envious of her. And I went home, and I was, like, so bummed about it, told my grandma, because my grandma raised me, and she's the one that I kind of go to about everything. And, A, she was offended. She was, like, A, like, I'm so offended as an old woman that you don't want to be an old woman. (laughs) What's wrong with being an old woman? That's me. (laughs) And, B, the old woman has a ton of lines. You can be a star. She saves the day. She goes, so you just got to be the best old woman you can play. Just be the best old woman. Just show them that old women are cool. (laughs) It's not a mantra per se, but it's a lesson that I think about a lot, which is a lot of us aren't the princess. (laughs) We really aren't. And that's okay. Just be the best old woman. You know, the role no one wants. Because you're good at being that. That's why you were chosen to be that. And what happened in the play? How did it go? I did really well. I remember the teacher's boyfriend came for the day of the play. And he was like young and attractive. And he took the time to sit next to me and talk to me after the play to be like, God, you really crushed that. That was really awesome. And I was blushing and all the girls were mad at me, were jealous of me, envious of me, the old woman, for getting to talk to the teacher's hot boyfriend. Because you were the princess in real life. That's right. Wow. So you helped me come up with that arc. That's dope. Yeah. Snooze will be back after this break. As a farmer's son from a desert region in California, J.B. Hamby thinks a lot about water. I spent a lot of time digging up history, particularly about water, which is the origins of the Imperial Valley. How this 28-year-old became the youngest lead negotiator on the Colorado River ever. And how he could shape the most consequential negotiations to date. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water dealmaker, wherever you get podcasts. Alliance has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite L.A. restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at LAS.com slash events. Now back to the show. Do you guys know who uh, Takeru Kobayashi is? Yeah. 
He's the Japanese guy who ate 50 hot dogs. In 12 minutes. Profound. From the fifth grade to middle school to high school, through her 20s, Atsuko leans into who she is. And every time she's in front of an audience, you can tell. But sometimes that's not enough. The stage can be really big, but it's hard to know who always belongs up there. So in like 2012, me and a few other comedians started at like uh, the U.S.'s first ever Asian-American, mostly female stand-up tour, Disoriented Comedy. And at the time, we were trying to create space for us because there weren't that many of us. Growing up, it was just Margaret Cho. It really felt like there wasn't many slots where it's like, oh, does it even make sense to be doing stand-up comedy as an Asian woman? Because, like, they already filled their slots. Like, you got Margaret Cho, and then, whoa, now we got Ali Wong. It's like, well, how is it? Are they going to book us for shows? Like, they already filled their quota, which is usually one person for maybe 10 years or TV shows. During that time, it was like that, right? Sure, yeah. So I think around that time is when I saw Chelsea Handler's video about how there are slots for everybody. There is a slot for everybody. And it may not be in the area that you initially thought was going to be in, Mm. you know, but... There's a place for you. There's a place for you. And sometimes, and what I mean by like, it may not be the thing you uh, initially hoped for Mm. or dreamed about doing. It's like, I have stand-up comedian friends, for example, who don't do stand-up anymore, but they are in writer's rooms for TV shows and they like that way better. They realize that's their calling. Mm. But that's a spot they were able to take up. So maybe stand-up wasn't it. And so they're like, there's no slot for me here. It's too hard. I don't get it. It's frustrating. And it's like, maybe it's because stand-up comedy, maybe you don't like it and that's okay. Maybe that's not your calling. And then the calling was being a writer Mm -hmm. for a TV show and contributing to somebody else's voice or something, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's okay. But that's why you have to keep saying yes to things to see where you end up. You have to say yes to things to see where you end up. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That also Thank said- you. I didn't say it. It was Chelsea. But you put it in your pocket. I did, yeah. Yeah. I watched it, I remembered it, and I repeated it again. (laughs) I I haven't That's most of life, you know what I mean? For sure, yeah. Yeah. Quoting someone else, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, wasn't that good? I know. And That's so cool they said that. And then maybe you change it just a little bit, right? Yeah. And put some bows on it or something Oh, I put a lot of bows on it. Like, you could probably look back at the video and it won't be as poignant as I just put it right now. I know. I mean, I made it emotional. I had a personal story. Did, yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I talked <laughs> yeah. about being Asian, like, you know, stuff she didn't talk about. That's right. I put many bows on her version. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is a little, this is something I was thinking about this morning, mm-hmm. which is um, when you are 
taking care of like other people, mm-hmm. right? So um, I was talking to my dad today and my dad, he's in his 70s. He lives 2,000 miles away from me alone in an apartment. And this whole isolated life thing hasn't been really good for him. And so I was on the phone with him this morning. And one of the things I was thinking about is like, I can pull out some phrases for myself when it comes to the things that I want to do in my life, Mm -hmm. right? But Mm -hmm. when it comes to like really supporting people or encouraging them, you know, or like encouraging yourself to be there for someone, Mm -hmm. right? I'm curious if you have any... Um, phrases or things that you think about. Totally can relate. My mom has schizophrenia. And, you know, as she gets older, it's harder and harder. And as my grandma gets older, it's harder and harder, too. Um, Where my grandma is sort of the main caretaker right now. But, you know, one day she's going to go. And so I'll be the caretaker for my mom. But I'm the most childlike, the most late bloomer, the most disorganized, the literal clown in the family. I'm taking over for my very responsible, very adult grandma, you know, who's raised three kids on her own. She she's lived through a lot. She raised me too. She could do it all. Be replaced by me. Just a hot mess, making out with strangers, dogs, getting yelled at, but for it. I just learned how to use a dishwasher last week. Um, and so I can totally, totally relate to like the things you maybe have to say to yourself to be like, no, you, you go and do it. It's more like the things you should say to yourself to feel okay if you're not able to step up. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. A lot of it's, so for that, I have things which is like, it's okay to need boundaries. It's okay to need boundaries it's okay to create boundaries it's okay to be tired it's okay to not be able to make it because it's a lot it's a lot to take care of yourself so then to take care of a whole other person of course you're gonna mess up Mm. you know Mm -hmm. or lack in things they might need yeah uh and that's okay so that that's maybe more the mantra Mm. yeah are there any things that your grandma says to you about caretaking or just like, you know, she said the thing about um, the be, old woman. be the old woman. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there are any other things that she's kind of gifted you in terms of philosophy of, of life or. Yeah. Because she has, she has been able to conquer and transform so much. Right. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say this is a great one because she's also like, just ignore them. She's always like, just ignore them. But then our family has a tendency, our family has a tendency to not talk about things, and so um, she always want to. She always wants to brush things off. Just, just ignore it. Just don't talk about it. It'll go away. Um, which you know is is the probably the only mantra philosophy I I, I haven't taken from her because mm. I don't think it's a healthy mindset at least for me yeah. yeah I can feel my dad doing that too where he's just like bye and I'm like do you want to resolve this like <laughs> yeah I'm like no no we've I've seen too many of this manifesting in uh illnesses and bad things in mm. the family because we don't talk about things right 
from mental illness to, um, you know, my mom with schizophrenia, the family didn't talk about it. They were just like, I think she's just dehydrated. She's just dehydrated. Like if she had an episode, oh, she, oh, she's, she's just hungry. Try feeding her. Uh, the slow blood sugar, probably when she would hallucinate. That's wild. No, you got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You can't just ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it manifests in different things, right? Right. Yeah. That causes stress, and then caused stress on me. You know, it came out uh, for me in the form of uh, form of eating disorders. Mm. You know, and and then they didn't want to talk about that. They're like, oh no, she's just, this is just how teenagers are. Really? Eating and throwing up? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk about things. And so, yeah, don't ignore it. Let's talk about it. By me. Don't ignore it. Let's talk about it. By the one and only Asko Okatsuka. <laughs> Love it. And then <laughs> many, many years later, someone is going to be like, you know, in that podcast, Asko says da 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 da. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Or they'll be like, Remember that podcast? We had no idea what she was saying. I think she needs to (laughs) stop mumbling. (laughs) No, no one's going to say that. I guarantee no one's going to say that. Is there anything, Asuka, that you're putting off that you're snoozing? Um, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Becoming more organized and clean, which, you know, my, my husband has to do a lot of the heavy lifting there. It's a constant conversation, and I can't even use the excuse that I grew up with a mom with schizophrenia because my husband's mom also has schizophrenia. (laughs) And so, you know, because I've joked, I've been like, I grew up weird. You know my mom? And he's like, you literally cannot use that against me out of all people. And so that's something I'm working on. And then something I fear, like is acting actually so i've been putting that off where i still have to like audition and things like that and i just like prep as much as i can but saying and performing someone else's words is really terrifying to me Mm. because it feels like i'm not being i'm not able to be me completely and that's really scary because it's like i feel like i just got a grasp of that again after i broke up with my ex and I was able to like find strength in stand-up comedy and write my own words, perform it the way I want, have so much control, right? Where mm-hmm. the audience is laughing at my words, at my performance that I directed, that I'm acting out. To then not have that power at all, um, which is acting, <laughs> is terrifying. And so I have to take classes, but I've been putting that off. That's very specific, though. Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny because when Otsuko sat down with me 30 minutes ago, she didn't think she had phrases in her to give to the world. But she did. Naturally, they poured out of her. Some of them were borrowed from school play memories. Just be the best. Some of them were repurposed. There's a place for you. And some that she created for herself. Don't ignore it. Let's talk about it. 
by the one and only Asko Okatsuka. When we don't think we have the answers to our own lives, the phrases that get us through challenging times, it's just not true. They're in there, buried deep behind the cobwebs and the dark corners and all of the voices that tell us they're not. Once we push those aside, we'll see that they've been there this whole time. If you have something that you've been putting off, call us, 323-591-8159. That's 323-591-8159. Leave us a message, and you could be on an episode of Snooze. Don't put it off. I'm talking to you. This episode was produced by me, Marina Pena, and Megan Tan. Megan and Eric Galindo wrote the episode. Eric also edited and fact-checked this episode. It was mixed and engineered by Donald Pass. Jessica Pilot is our talent producer. Eric Galindo is our showrunner. Megan Tan is our host. I'm the producer, Marina Pena. Additional production support on this episode by Kyle Chang. Antonia Cerejido and Leo G are the executive producers. Our theme song is by Wei and Dopman. The original artwork for Snooze was created by Sana Hong. Andrew Epen wrote and composed the original music for this show. Additional production on this episode by Emma Alabaster. Make sure you hit follow, like, and subscribe to Snooze wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Megan on Twitter or Instagram at Megan Lee Tan and the show at Snooze Podcast. Our website on LAS.com is designed by Andy Cheatwood and the digital and marketing team who also created our branding. Snooze is a production of LAS Studios. Thanks to the team over there, including Taylor Kaufman, Sabir Brara, Kristen Hayford, Kristen Muller, Andy Orozco, Michael Constantino, and Leo G. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. If you like Snooze, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Trust me, it really helps us, and we would love to know what you think. And if you love Snooze, like you want to shower us with appreciation, become a sustaining member of KPCC and LAS Studios by going to las.com memberships. Support the place that supports this work, that supports people like me. I'm Marina Pena, and thanks for listening. On the next episode of Snooze, Gerardo asked the squad for help applying to RuPaul's Drag Race. What do you feel like is the block? Me. Myself. Honestly, because I can be a perfectionist. I would rather be shamed for not doing it 
then be shamed for it being bad. I'm Megan Tan, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events.